When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Before we get to our Friday Picks Pod, let me tell you about Football Insider. Now, this is more than just our text service. This is a part of it, right? As part of Football Insider, you get texts from me, Mary Kay, Scott, Ellis, news, analysis, updates. Uh, we do a live chat before the game. We do a post-game show with, with our Football Insider subscribers. You get all of that with Football Insider, but also there's more. You get a daily newsletter emailed to you, and it's got an exclusive article written by one of us. It doesn't go on the website anywhere. It's sent straight to your email. Just an example, I I did power rankings on Thursday, and that only went to our Football Insider subscribers. So that's part of it. And then you also get access to those stories on cleveland.com slash browns that have that Football Insider tag. So you get a lot uh, for your monthly price. If you want to check it out, go to cleveland.com slash browns. There's a big blue banner at the top of the page. All you have to do is click on that. Get information, get signed up. I think you'll love it. Now, here's our podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk Podcast. It is our picks edition of the podcast. I am Dan Lobby. Now, coming up in the second half of the pod, we'll have Joel Erickson from the Indy Star on to tell you all about the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I believe you're also going to get a new gotta watch the tape later today in that feed. So uh, maybe we'll talk about that before we're done, but let's introduce our uh, panelists for our picks. It's getting heated folks. Uh, Mary Kay joining us. Mary Kay, how are you? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. Doug Maurice back as well. Doug, welcome. Glad to be back. Ellis Williams frantically coming up with his picks as we go along here. Ellis, welcome. What's up, man? I'm a little distracted. It's the eve of LeBron James' fourth championship ring, so just give me to Friday night, man. Let's do this. <laughs> and representing our Football Insider subscribers, trying to keep the momentum going uh, for them, Kem- Ken Milhone joining us. Ken, how are you? I'm doing good. Okay, let's uh, get everybody up to speed with last week's recap. The Browns win in Dallas. Kind of did us all in. Everyone except our football insider subscriber, River McWilliams. We all picked the Cowboys to win and cover. That hurt us. But River picked the Browns. Also, like I said, got our texture some momentum. Three and one last week. Uh, now sitting at seven and nine overall. Ellis, two and two. You separated yourself from Doug by taking the Bills over the Raiders. Uh, Ellis, you are now six, nine, and one on the season. I'm keeping that one there, no matter how much you're going to make the case that that counts as a win. Uh, (laughs) Doug, a little bit of a tough week. You went one and three, so you are now seven and nine overall. Uh, I followed up my four and oh. I just want to mention, I did go four and oh a couple weeks ago. (laughs) I followed that up by going one and three, saved only by the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I do want to mention everyone. Everyone but me who picked the Ravens last week got pretty lucky because that line actually moved to 14 after we recorded. So you guys all got the win there, and it probably should have been a push, but we'll we'll give you the win. And leading the way, Mary Kay, who also rode with the Bills last week, 
has only been on twice, but has put up two straight three and one records, six and two overall. Mary Kay, you get to start us off because you are the leader. What's your first game? Thank you. You know what? I am going to go with the Chiefs Raiders game. This is a very intriguing game to me. Uh, you know, Derek Carr is actually playing really well. He's got eight touchdowns, no interceptions. They're doing some really, really nice things. But alas, they are playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. And therefore, I am going to go with the Chiefs. They're favored by 12. I'm taking them to cover. And uh, I just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes these days. All right. Chiefs minus 12 over the Raiders. Anybody else touching that one? A lot of big lines this weekend, and that, that's one of the bigger ones. Doesn't look like uh, anybody's grabbing that one. Um, all right, Ken, since you're representing the Texters who are now in third place, because I've been talking too much, so we're going to skip over here, me here for a second. Why don't you give us your first game? All right. So, uh, you know, I live near Jacksonville, uh, and so, uh, you know, I thought it would be appropriate to, uh, to bet against the Jaguars. So uh, it looks like Houston and uh, minus six. So I'm going to take Houston over the Jaguars. That is a smart pick, Ken. A smart pick. The Houston Texans minus six over the Jaguars. Worst pass defense in the league by DVOA for Jacksonville, by the way. And I know Houston's a mess, but this is the Uncle Romeo game. They're inspired. They're going to play for Romeo Cornell. They're going to go out there and they're going to beat Jacksonville and finally get that first win. I'm riding that emotional wave for Houston here. I'm riding it too. I think it's euphoria over the crushing burden of Bill O'Brien being lifted off that franchise. So there are reports of him having an argument with, with JJ Watt last week. They haven't, they traded away Deshaun Watson's best weapon. So they're not getting Deandre Hopkins back, but I think losing Bill O'Brien is, is worth points for Houston in this game. So I love this pick and I'm also taking Houston minus six versus Jacksonville. Yeah. I also have this game. Wow. Uh, yep. I, I can bore all over this one. I completely agree. Pure motivation from the Texans. Uh, I just quickly want to read the, the second half possessions for uh, the, the Bengals last week versus this Jaguars defense. Uh, Dan, you're, you're already all over the DBOA stats. Um, second half, Joe Burrow touchdown, touchdown. And then they ended with three straight field goals. It, it's just, this could have been, they, they end up winning 33-25. This could have been way worse. The Jaguars, I don't know how they beat the Colts in week one. Just, we'll get into that later, I'm sure. But uh, this Jaguars team's going nowhere and the Texans have all the motivation right now. Wow, all of us riding high on the team. Mary Kay, did you take this one? No, I did oh, not. All right. No, all right, not all in on the Texans. All I'm right. the one that didn't, apparently. Doug, why don't you give us your second game? So in the, in the name of... Uh, trying to ride a team that just fired a coach. I'm going to try to get in early on this one before this other team fires its coach. And then it will be harder to bet against them. So I'm riding the Dan lobby express and I'm betting against the New York jets. I'm taking Arizona minus seven, whatever Adam Gase is doing to the jets. It's bad. This is wrong, right? This is wrong. Joe Flacco is starting for the Jets. Is that actual fact? That's true. He is. is. I will ride this all day. I know that that Arizona has not looked good the last couple weeks, but uh, Dan, you have swayed me to your side. So I'll take Arizona minus seven. Well, 
unfortunately, I'm not taking, I'm not betting the Jets game this week. I, uh, I backed off in part because I actually forgot Joe Flacco was starting. I, I was, it, hey, completely it's forgot. your show. It's not too late like, to join. Get back I on like the wagon, the, baby. I like the other games I have. I'm going to listen. You don't want to play Adam Gase with 10 days to prepare. <laughs> That's what I say. Yeah. Ellis, you got a second game for us? Oh, I sure do. I thought with that tease, Doug was taking my game, so I got nervous because I'm also at a, a similar alignment here, but I'm on the Panthers plus one versus Atlanta. Look, you, you, we're not sitting here screaming for coaches' jobs. These, these, No one wants to see that, but this Falcons team looks dead in the water. Uh, I think the Panthers, these are two organizations and, and division rivals going in complete opposite, opposite directions. It, perhaps what's going on in Cleveland – is also going on in Carolina where Matt Rule is successfully building uh, somewhat of a culture and, and a new uh, a face of the franchise really in, in your head coach there. So give me them plus one. They looked good against Arizona Cardinals last week. This is a sneaky good defense, 14th in DVOA. And, uh, you know, Julio Jones seemed destined for a shutdown here. He couldn't get through the Green Bay Monday night game last week. Atlanta's just going the other way. And again, these are two organizations headed in complete opposite directions. I think they beat the Falcons in Atlanta, and it's not going to look good for Dan Quinn. I'd like to distance myself very quickly from something that Ellis just said right there. He said, Uh-oh. we're not here calling for head coaches jobs. I am. They're fine. They're millionaires. They should get fired if they stink. I would just like to make it clear that I have no problem calling for head coaches to be fired if they're doing a bad job. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mary Kay, let's get your second game. You know what? I didn't get to squeeze it in there before, but oh, okay. uh, but I have the same uh, Cardinals game over the Jets. Uh, they're favored by seven. I am picking them to cover. And I mean, when I saw that Sam Darnold wasn't even going to be playing the game, I mean, this was basically a no-brainer for me. So uh, I'm going to the Cardinals. They'll rebound. Kyler Murray's having uh, you know some issues here and there. He's having some second-year growing pains. But uh, I think anything that ails him will be cured this week. See, I'm still I'm a little freaked out by the Cardinals lately. That's all. That that's part of it too. But but again, ah, Joe Flacco starting. I'm gonna regret this one for sure. Ken, what's your second game? All right, my second game is uh, you know we just played Dallas and uh, they gotta be just pretty well uh, you know uh, not real happy about that, the way things are going and they're playing the Giants who aren't very good. But uh, they gotta give nine and a half points, which is pretty tough. But I'm taking Dallas over the Giants. Yep. Uh, me, Ken, I, I'm agreeing with you on this one. I think that's two agreements for me and you now. Um, it was my last game. I just kind of scrambled to pick and I had the same rationale as you. Uh, I could see Zeke going for, you know, 150 yards rushing this game just to get him going. Dak throws for another 350 and, you know, the Cowboys score 50 points. They might let up 24, but hey, that's bigger than nine and a half. So give me the Cowboys here in a, in a complete revenge style game. I think that puts them in first place, right? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> no, no Jason Garrett revenge game for you guys. Okay. He's, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be wishing he was still with the Cowboys after they throw and, and show that what this offense probably should have looked like with Garrett while he was there for you know what a decade. If that's your angle on this game, Dan, I cannot wait until you play up the Freddie Kitchens revenge game when the Browns play oh, the Giants late be, in the year. Just gonna be fantastic. All right, I got to get a second game in here. I'm going to go with uh, the Washington football team. I you know, I know they're changing quarterbacks. Dwayne Haskins is out. Kyle Allen is in. I'm still going with the Rams minus seven to beat the Washington football team. I am still a believer 
in the Rams and Sean McVay this season. And I think that the quarterback change in Washington isn't going to make that much of a difference. So the Rams win in cover in that one. I got to ask, I lost with the Rams laying a big number to the Giants last week. I was actually afraid of this game because I always wonder like, okay, they're just going to play a dude who, I don't know. I mean, Kyle Allen, is he any good? But maybe he'll make fewer of the mistakes than Dwayne Haskins. I worry sometimes if you change quarterbacks, does it give a team a lift? What happened to the Rams last week? I thought that was easy money. They couldn't score at all against the Giants. So I like the Rams too, but I'm nervous about them after the way they looked last week. Yeah, you know, I'm, I, I just think that Washington has looked so shaky even with a new quarterback, I just don't like their offense to be completely honest with you. I don't think it's all the quarterback. Wayne Haskins was a problem, a part of the problem. I just don't see the weapons on that offense right now. I, I think the Rams can outscore them uh, in this game. All right. Who do we have left here that needs a third Dan, game? Yeah. Dan, I am also taking the Rams over there we Washington. Go. I just can't imagine that uh, Washington with the change of quarterback, whoever this guy is, uh, can do anything against the Rams and, and, uh, you know, seven points. I think that they'll, you know, very easily cover that. I will say this though, going, going back to that quarterback point, uh, Kyle Allen at least was good enough to make Panthers fans think, Oh, maybe we got a guy here at least for like a few games. Uh, so, so maybe he has that going for him. All right, Doug, we need a third game from you. So I took two other favorites and I was looking for an underdog. Um, San Francisco this year has beaten the Jets and the Giants for their two wins. They've lost to Arizona and Philadelphia. Miami has beaten Jacksonville, and Miami's three losses are New England, Buffalo, and Seattle, which is three pretty tough games, and they hung right with Buffalo that whole game. Miami is getting nine at San Francisco this week. San Francisco looked bad with Nick Mullins last week. It seems like maybe Jimmy G will play this week, maybe not. Maybe Raheem Mostert will be back for the Niners this week, maybe not. I'm not so sure that Miami – isn't close to as good as San Francisco. I think they've played a much tougher schedule early on. So I, even it's a, it's a, it's a long road trip for Miami. Miami is down in the bottom corner of America and San Francisco is up in the top <laughs> corner of America on the other side. I like that nine nines a lot. And I think Miami, especially if Mostert and Garoppolo aren't back this week. And I don't know, it seems up in the air. I think Miami could win this game but I really think nine is a lot. So I'll take Miami plus nine against San Francisco. Yeah, quickly. I just want to say, I almost took this game. But I, if I would have took it, it would have been for the wrong reasons. I can, I can see the Niners getting out to a lead here. And then all of a sudden two was playing at halftime and there's a second half rally. And then that number becomes too big, but betting on a quarterback switch at halftime was enough reason for me to take this. The dolphins have a disappointing DVOA. Uh, I, I want to say it's like, what was 28 or something like that. Um, I'm surprised by that just with the additions they've made and Brian Flores, of course. Uh, but I, I Doug's onto something about the schedule. These teams are probably more even than that number. And we got a Doug geography lesson too, which is always, always very useful. That should be a segment on our Friday picks pod. San Diego, actually, I was going to say San Diego doesn't have a team anymore. See, I already blew the next segment about geography. See, there we go. Uh, Mary Kay, what's your third game? My last game, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to regret this one. Uh, I've got the Seahawks. I've got the Seahawks favored by seven over the Vikings. I, I say they're going to cover. The Vikings have been kind of a mess this season. They are coming off of a victory. They just beat Houston. Uh, they just got Bill O'Brien fired, so they kind of rebounded a little bit in that game. But Kirk Cousins hasn't been himself. Um, 
Seattle scoring 35 and a half points. Vikings are giving up 31.3. Uh, I just definitely see them being able to, uh, to score more than seven in this game. Yeah, real quickly, because I'm sitting in a basement in Minnesota, that's probably the reason I'm not taking this game. But when you think about it, Mary Kay, you're so accurate on this one. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks threw for five touchdowns and, what, 400 yards versus Stephon Gilmore, Bill Belichick, and that Patriots defense. Uh, the Vikings are starting a bunch of 21-year-olds in the secondary outside of their two safeties. I can't imagine what he's going to do. And the Vikings rarely play good in Seattle. It, 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 this, is, this is a great pick. Who took yes. Seattle last week against Miami? Didn't someone take Seattle? Somebody points did. I, I, can, uh, I can actually look that and up here real quick. They didn't cover, right? Seattle beat Miami by eight. I think that maybe wasn't the cover. Like betting, like betting Russell Wilson, right? Mary Kay, you're going to feel nice and warm on Sunday with Russell Wilson on your side. But man, again, the Seahawks play. I mean, I'm sure the Seattle win this game, but like something goofy might happen. I just wor I always worry about giving a big, any kind of bigger number with Seattle, because I don't know. Dan's looking it up. I think I think maybe if you took Seattle last week, you did not win because they only beat Miami. Was it was it my loss, Dan? I think and you actually won that game. It was six and a half. It was only six and a half. All right. I, I'm sorry to doubt you, Mary Kay. Congratulations <laughs> on another Russell Wilson victory. <laughs> it was. It was the Seahawks minus six and a half over the Dolphins. Maybe that was one of one of those other games that the line moved late or, or something like that. But yeah, Mary Kay got a win on that one. All right, my last game. I am going to go to Monday Night Football. Uh, Chargers Saints. I just I know the Chargers don't have a great record, but they play close games. I'm still not that into the Saints right now and Drew Brees. I like the Chargers uh, plus seven and a half. I feel like that's a big number. Mm. I like the Chargers plus seven and a half against the Saints on Monday Night Football. Maybe, maybe uh, they found a quarterback there in LA in uh, in Justin Herbert. Doug, you're the one that does the quarterback rankings. Maybe Justin Herbert's yeah, going to be moving up those rankings soon. I'm not sure that's a maybe. I think that I think that might be a yes. He he's he's young, but he makes some very good throws, and and I would be I would feel good. You know, a little risky with the rookie quarterback, but I like what just Her Justin Herbert's done so far. Quick question. Do the Saints only play in primetime when the sun's down? Have we seen them at noon or one at all this year? It doesn't feel like it. Uh, they, they get a lot of primetime, a lot of primetime games, especially uh, especially at the Superdome. Is this game at the Superdome? I don't know. I should have looked that yeah, up. Yeah, I do. I do think they were at, uh, a noon kickoff last week, but, you know, it's been it's been Packers. It's been Tampa. Now this one. And, uh, you know, Drew Brees needs to start looking like his old self or these Peyton Manning comps are going to keep coming because these primetime games are it's, it's been a tough watch. All right. It is uh, the time has come. We all got burnt last week by our Browns pick with the exception of uh, River. Ken, we always let our uh, football insider go first on the Browns pick. So it is all yours. The Browns, uh, we got the line at one and a half. Yeah, I think that's a gift for us. Um, so uh, I have to tell you, I have a split household. My wife is from Indiana and she's a huge Colts fan. So you know, uh, hopefully she's not listening too closely right now because I'm picking the Browns. Uh, and the fact that the, they're getting one and a half points, you know, it could be a pretty close game. Uh, but uh, I think uh, my buddy Baker here is going to uh, come through and uh, he's going to have his first big game of the year. All right. Uh, Ellis, what have you got? This, this is a tough one for me. When I wrote the preview, I was a little confused by the number. Um, you know, then you start doing a little more research, watching some tape. You understand this Colts defense is legit. I mean, they've got just talent 
uh, everywhere. They're a little banged up. So I think that's going to play a part in this and we just don't have that information yet. Um, but when I, when I wrote the preview piece, I had the Browns plus one and a half. I'm going to stay there. I think it's a 24 20 type of game. The Colts haven't scored more than two touchdowns all season. And though they're facing a weaker Browns defense and specifically a secondary, I don't think that changes. So it's going to be, uh, you know, similar to the uh, Washington style of game, but it, uh, at the end of the day, I don't think the Colts have enough firepower and the Browns will, will have enough offense, run the ball, be efficient in the red zone and not kick field goals. Doug. So I feel like I'm picking a different Browns team this week that a a week ago, part of the reason, the main reason that I was wrong on on picking the Cowboys to win that game. And maybe we're all wrong is you just didn't know what was real and what wasn't real. And we've been talking a a lot among the staff this week about like, Oh, does it feel like, how is this different than when the Browns have flashed in the past? So now I am no longer evaluating the Browns as like, well, they do some good things, but I don't know how good they are. Listen, I know Dallas has a bunch of problems on defense and on the offensive line, but they went down there and did what they had to do against a competent NFL team with some big time skill position guys and a really good quarterback. And they almost blew it at the end, but they didn't. They made a really huge play when they needed it. And so now I'm just evaluating the Browns as like a a good NFL football team. And then my evaluation of that is going to be kind of what Ellis said. I think like a a game in the twenties, I don't think the Colts are going to put up a huge number. Darius Leonard, their star linebacker thinks maybe he can play Sunday without practicing at all this week, but he may not be able to play. He hurt his groin last week. You know, Nick Chubb's a huge loss, but they seem ready to, to take advantage, you know, be able to fill in that hole as much as any team could. So I'll take the Browns fairly confidently at home a pretty even matchup, but I feel like they have now beaten a decent team and certainly Indy is another decent team, but I think the Browns can win games like this. I think they win by a touchdown. Mary Kay. Well, you know, I'm going to pick the Browns because I want the Browns owner to put all six of our pictures up uh, and show how we all pick the Browns to win and that we are for this football team. So um, <laughs> that we are backing our Cleveland Browns. But anyways, um, no, I do think that um, I do think that the Browns are going to win this game. I think they're going to win. Uh, I am impressed with a lot of things about the Colts. They're well coached. They've got some really good defensive players that, you know, TJ Carey is, is picking guys off. They, they lead the NFL with seven interceptions. They're giving up the fewest amount of points. They're giving up the fewest amount of yards and rushing yards and all those kinds of things, but they have not really played anybody that, that scares me. And I don't think they've really played uh, a very good offense. So um, I, I just don't think that this is one that it, it, I'm just not having a hard time pick, picking this one at all. I did have a hard time last week with Browns versus Dallas. I really went back and forth over that one because of Miles Garrett and how bad I knew their offensive tackles were. Uh, but this one, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not uh, agonizing over this at all. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you mentioned it. I think a lot of people, you, you know, I, I'm going to assume that most, if not all of our staff is, is going to pick the Browns this week. And I feel like people are going to see that and say, oh, well, you're just doing it because you all picked against the, against the Browns last week. But like legitimately, I think the Browns will win this football game. I, I look at Indianapolis. So yes, they have a great defense. You know, you mentioned it, Mary Kay. They haven't quite proven it against a great offense yet. Now, I've said this on other pods. We said that about San Francisco last year, too, and, and look what happened there. So 
I'm a little cautious with that one, but uh, I, I don't love this Colts offense. I really don't. I'm just not impressed with their ability to score points right now. I know they've got some weapons. I know Phillip Rivers looks a little better than he did last year. I think the Browns can win this game, so I'm definitely going to take the Browns plus one and a half in this one, and that makes it a clean sweep for the Browns. So how about that? Everybody can be happy with us now. You know what, Mary Kay, you, you inspired me at the top there with, with your little mini rant. I might mess, <laughs> I might mess around come, when we have to come to submit our picks and pick a 24-24 tie. And, you know, just <laughs> try, try putting an, put an L on my face again, and, 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 you know, we'll see how that goes. My goodness. 24-24 <laughs> tie. Just let the record show that, Dan. That's right. All right. I don't know how we'll, how we'll record that, but uh, there we go. All right. So now my, my favorite part where I recap everything that we just said, the Browns, we all picked the Browns plus one and a half. Ken trying to keep that momentum going, took the Rams minus seven, the Cowboys minus nine and a half and the Texans minus six. Doug also had the Texans minus six, the Cardinals minus seven, the Dolphins plus nine. Ellis also the Texans minus six, Panthers plus one, the Cowboys minus nine and a half. And surprise, I had the Texans minus six, the Chargers plus seven and a half, and the Rams minus seven for Mary Kay. And so far, Mary Kay's picks have been money so far. So take these to the bank, I guess. The Chiefs minus 12, the Cardinals minus seven, and the Seahawks minus seven. So those are our picks. Ken, I got to put you on the stage here, as I always do, our Football Insider subscribers, because we appreciate you coming on and, of course, appreciate you being a subscriber. We want more people to subscribe. So uh, tell us what it is about Football Insider that keeps you coming back. Well, I'm a diehard Browns fan. I live in Florida, so this keeps me in the loop. So I know what's going on, and you guys are always sharing good information. You know, you, you tell it out in the text messages first to all of us, and I like that part of it, and, and the daily uh, email that we get is great. And then participating in the, uh, you know, different uh, calls that you do, the Zoom calls, uh, is a lot of fun, and you get to hear a lot of different things from you guys. So uh, really appreciate it, and, uh, you know, um, hopefully uh, we'll be ha having a great conversation about this when you guys come down to Jacksonville uh, in November. So I'm looking – I got tickets for that game, so I'm looking forward to uh, getting to go to a game this year. Well, we're, we're coming to your house for Thanksgiving, Ken. So there you go. <laughs> have all that stuff ready to go. Hey, before we take a break, I want to tell everybody uh, that you can join Terry Pluto at our Medicare Guide webinar on October 22nd at 2 p.m. It's presented by Cleveland.com and Medical Mutual and will help simplify the complex process of finding the right Medicare plan for your needs. Terry, together with our experts from Medical Mutual, Western Reserve Area Agency on Aging, and Discount Drug Mart will guide you through the process and answer your most pressing questions. Go to our cleveland.com Facebook channel, click on the Medicare event for more details and registration. So uh, Ken, we appreciate you hopping on, making picks with us. We're gonna take a break. And then when we come back on the other side, Joel Erickson from the Indy Star will join us to preview the Colts. We now welcome on from IndyStar.com, Joel Erickson covers the Colts. You can follow him on Twitter at Joel A. Erickson. Joel, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem, guys. Good to be on. So, Joel, let's dive right in and find out a little bit more about this Colts' number one ranked defense. What can the Browns expect on Sunday? Well, I think the biggest thing is it's going to start up front. And I know, obviously, the Browns are uh, excited about the way their offensive line's playing. Uh, I'm kind of looking at the Browns' offensive line as, as a real test for this Colts' defensive line. They've got DeForest Buckner in the inside. Uh, 
he's only got one and a half sacks, but he has eight quarterback hits, and he's he's kind of wrecked a whole bunch of games the last uh, three games, really. And, and it, it makes everything else look good on the, uh, for Justin Houston, Nico Autry. All those guys get one-on-ones, and they win them. Opposing teams have done a lot of stuff, like trying to move the pocket, trying to keep them away. But it, it really all starts up front. Uh, I, I don't think they've really seen an offensive line that's as talented as Cleveland's yet. Uh, so, so it's going to be a good test of good on good, I think, on Sunday. You know, you, you mentioned DeForest Buckner. When Chris Ballard goes out and makes that move in the offseason, I mean, I guess what did that tell you about how the Colts viewed this year? Uh, I think, I think it, it definitely kind of crystallized that they, they wanted to be contenders. They didn't want to look at the luck retirement as an opportunity to reset and rebuild. Um, I, I also think the other thing was, He's been trying – the defense has been Ballard's pet project here for basically ever since he's gotten here because the Colts have been bad on defense for most of their history. And I think he saw it as an opportunity to get a finishing piece to this defense he'd been building. Uh, I mean, it's only four games in. Competition hasn't been great, but it, it looks like it's paid off right now. Uh, it, it was a win-now move, but they also got a young guy for five years. So I think he also looks at it as I'm, I'm, he's trying to set that defense up at least for the foreseeable future. Now, Dan and I reminisce about uh, when the Browns played the 49ers last year, and we both got a little fooled thinking that the 49ers hadn't really played anybody by the time uh, (laughs) the Browns went out there and just got drilled uh, by their number one defense at the time. Uh, So so my question right now is, you know, in just looking over the Colts' opponents, uh, you know, is this D legit? Is this really one of the best defenses in the league, do you think? Or have they just not run into the Odells and the Kareems and those kind of guys yet? I, I think it's a little bit of both. And I think we're, I think us on the Colts beat side of things are looking at this game as sort of a litmus test for this defense. Um, the Vikings have some talent, but Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. And he was really bad when he was here in Indy. Uh, the Bears have been playing well, but they're the Bears, and who knows? Uh, well, one thing that's impressive is just how few yards they're giving up. They're like 60 yards ahead of everybody else per game for the league lead. So, so you think it's it's real in some way, but the question is, I think for for Colts writers and Colts fans, is 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 this defense San Francisco good, or is it just taken a step and been like moved up into the top 10? Right? I think we find out probably this week. Although it may be a little bit of a, a hard test based on how many injuries the Colts have at linebacker right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was the next question I wanted to ask. You know, Darius Leonard, obviously kind of the, I, I guess you could call him the heart and soul of that defense. I mean, if he's unable to go on Sunday, what does that do kind of overall to that group? The biggest thing is I think it, it really, really hurts the – I think everyone was probably wanting to see Darius Leonard versus Nick Chubb. And obviously there's there's a chance both might be out. I know Chubb's out. Um, But I think it really hurts them in pass coverage and turnover production. He doesn't have any turnovers this year, but previously in his career, uh, he's been a big play guy, 12 sacks in two years, seven interceptions, six forced fumbles. He's been that guy for them. And and when he doesn't have a few in the first couple of games, you're thinking, Oh, it's going to come. They, they had, but so if you don't have it, you, you lose that chance of the Darius Leonard big play. I think the other thing is, if he doesn't play, I think it probably makes Kevin Stefanski want to get out on the edge a little bit more. 
um, because Leonard is the guy who runs that down. Everybody else stretches it out, and then when the running back makes his cut, that's usually Leonard filling in there. And so I think that that's, that's probably the other thing is it, it maybe pushes the Browns running game a little wider if he's not in the game. Hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about the fact that, okay, they uh, lead the NFL with seven interceptions. I see our old friend TJ Carey has a couple of those. Uh, so uh, talk to us a little bit about all those picks. Well, again, it, it, it's kind of started up uh, up with the defensive line. The, the last three quarterbacks they played, Kirk Cousins, um, Sam Darnold, and then Nick Foles, uh, obviously not a murderer's row there, but they very obviously, as the game has gone on, gotten more and more uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, and, and well, Xavier Rhodes has two picks where he kind of baited Sam Darnold a little bit. Uh, a lot of those picks so far are the quarterback doesn't get his feet set, makes a bad throw, throw goes errant, and uh, and then they end up with the interception. So um, a lot of it, I think, is probably dependent on the Browns' offensive line. If they keep if they keep Mayfield in rhythm, uh, he's he's not going to have as many of those. Um, but but the the line is creating the interceptions right now. Now th this is really interesting as you're talking about the defensive line. Obviously, that's one of the strengths of the Browns' defense. You flip it over, you talked about the Browns' offensive line, also one of the Colts' strengths. So one of the names on this injury report that stands out, of course, is Anthony Costanzo. If he's unable to go, what, what does that do to that line? Uh, it's, it's considerably, uh, it's a considerable problem. They, I, I think if going into the season, you would have said that of anybody on the roster, the player the Colts could least afford to lose based on who the backups were, uh, was Anthony Costanzo. Uh, there's, there's some, some depth on the interior uh, there's depth other places, but the, the backup to him is LaRaven Clark, who has, has been in Indianapolis for a while as a backup offensive lineman, but has traditionally struggled when he's been forced into starting action. Now, obviously, you don't want a guy like that going up against Miles Garrett. So if Costanzo can't go, uh, I think it's going to change what Reich and the, and the Colts offense can do quite a bit because they're going to have to keep somebody in. They're going to have to double team him. They're going to have to have somebody over there to chip. It, it, when, when Costanzo's in there, they frequently leave him one-on-one -on -one and, and they sort of, Reich has talked ad nauseum over the last couple of years about how uh, freeing that is as a play caller, just set him out on an island and let him block. If he's not there, they're going to have to give help and, and that's going to take away from some of the other stuff they can do. Yeah, a, uh, a, a, an undrafted rookie tried to block Miles uh, <laughs> last week in Dallas and it just did not go well at all. So uh, we'll see what happens here. How about Phillip? How is Phillip playing? What is he doing well? Rivers is playing, I think, better than the national um, perception of Rivers is. Uh, he, he had two bad interceptions in the first game, but since then, uh, he's really been the driving force of this offense. I think the concerns right now on the Colts offense is that they're not running the ball the way that we expected them to. But the passing game, he's been accurate. Uh, he's been able to push the ball down the field. They're averaging a lot of yards per attempt. He's completing 72% of his passes. One of the things that, that will help against Garrett is that uh, he's Rivers has, has been every week one of the top quarterbacks in the league in terms of time to throw. He gets the ball out very, very fast. It's very hard to sack. He's only been sacked three times this year. Uh, one of those is a like a fake sack where he scrambled, but he's too slow, and so he got taken, taken out of bounds at the – at the zero yard line because he's just slow. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I think Rivers has been playing really well. The, the flip side is, I, I think everybody knows this, 
when Rivers has a couple of games without interceptions, you're wondering when he's going to make that play again. Uh, so it, it, as long as he keeps playing the way they, that he has been, the passing game is a threat. Now, now you mentioned the running game, and Jonathan Taylor seems like he's, he's done pretty well. Obviously, losing Marlon Mack is, is big. But uh, what are your impressions of Taylor here in, in his first few games? He's been getting – I think you can see him getting more sure of himself. I thought last week against the Bears was his best game. Um, he he kind of said a couple weeks ago that he, st- he was still getting used to the way – holes open differently in the NFL uh they they don't sometimes you think you can press something and it's going to open and instead it closes uh he was more aggressive last week and and really created a lot of his own yards uh when he gets out in the open field he's a bear to bring down I mean that's a big dude who can move pretty fast they just haven't gotten him out in in the open field very much that the offensive line has been great pass blocking but has really kind of struggled in the run game um and so I don't know if we've seen Jonathan Taylor at full power yet you know, this is such an interesting matchup in, in so many ways, because as we have mentioned here, you know, line versus line and, and whatnot, you know, great defense versus an offense that scored 49 points uh, last week. So we're wondering now, if you don't mind us putting you on the spot, uh, do you have a pick for this game? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm leaning towards, I'm leaning towards the Colts. I, th- I feel like they're, I'm starting to believe in their defense a little bit. Um, and I know their, their competition hasn't been great. Uh, but they, even, even if they just hold the Browns to like half and doing, that's still only a 20 point game. Um, and I think the Browns will score a little bit more than that. I've kind of, I've kind of got it as a pretty close game, like 27, 24, that kind of, that kind of score. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to believe in the Colts defense a little bit just because the, the way they've beaten these last three teams, they, they've never really had any life to them at all. And even with all the talent the Browns have and the offensive line the Browns have, um, that there's a long way to go for, for, a, for a, the Colts defense to start getting into a part where it's a problem because they've been so dominant so far. I've got to say, we're not used to uh, covering the Browns. Hearing the Browns called like a test for a team. Uh, <laughs> I think that, that more than anything is, is the biggest sign of progress for the Cleveland Browns that, uh, that you, you're referring to them as a test for this defense. Yeah. yeah I, I, when you, I don't know that most uh, fans had this game circled when they, uh, as a test, when, uh, when the, when this season started, but well, I mean, last Mary Kay was here last year. I know for sure. I talked to her last year during the preseason when they came and I, I thought that the, you could see the Browns when they had joint practices, I thought you could see the Browns skill position talent, but last year, every time they did one-on-ones, the Colts defensive line would just destroy the Browns offensive line. And we, we kind of walked away from that as a Colts beat saying that might be the Browns issue. The Browns might have a problem with protecting uh, Baker Mayfield. And um now this year, it, it, from everything I've been able to see and read, it sounds like the offensive line's there. And so, yeah, it, it does. It looks like, honestly, it's going to be the, the Colts' biggest offensive test in their first seven games. Because after this, they play the Bengals and the Lions before the schedule gets a little tougher. So, yeah, no, that's, it's the Browns are a test. The Browns are, are a litmus test. <laughs> all right, uh, Joel Erickson joining us here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. IndyStar.com, get all his coverage of the Colts there. And of course, follow him on Twitter at Joel A. Erickson. Joel, appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Joel.